Hello and welcome to This One Good Life podcast where we slow down and explore the beauty and goodness that surrounds us every day. My name is Stephen Ingram. And I am Brian Johnson. And we're so glad you're able to join us today on today's episode. We are slowing down to explore the idea. Um, and I don't know, it's so much of a practice uh, like some of the mm. past things um, that we talked about, Stephen, but um, the idea of pain and its role in our life. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Uh, what 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 would it look like to practice pain? Maybe we can actually talk about that later. Not not in a sadomasochist <laughs> kind of way, but uh, <laughs> because pain's you know pain's a, a part of life, um, and I and and that's one of the reasons why I, I think it's important for us to go ahead and and talk about this subject really early on in in this podcast, uh, and and sort of what we're trying to do here with this one good life is because. Pain is an inevitable part of life. Um, you cannot live and not experience pain, uh, whether that's emotional pain, physical pain, spiritual pain. Um, it's it's going to be a part of life. And uh, I think what I'm going to argue uh, is that it's, it's a part of our good life. Um, Brian, any uh, initial thoughts just on, on this idea of pain? Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> to be, uh, to be straightforward. Uh, yeah. and, and I know we're going to talk about this and I know it has purpose and I know it's got uh, a role in our life. And I know, um, in my own life experiences of pain have, um, have changed the course of my life, have, mm-hmm. um, been growing moments and moments where I've, I've kind of come alive to new ideas and new thoughts and new, new, um, ways of living. Um, and really, I mean, if I'm honest, I hate, I hate all of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, emotional pain, spiritual pain, physical pain. None, none of, of it. None of it. None of it. None do. of the pains. No, I don't want to. Um, I don't look forward to it. I wouldn't cast it on somebody else. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 Well, it's it's interesting because you know I, I'm a big Enneagram guy. You'll you'll hear me reference that over and over. But um, you know, in the Enneagram, uh, there are nine numbers and. Eight of those nine numbers uh, feel exactly the way you do and, and the way I do uh, as well about pain is that we hate it. Um, but, and I, I'm a seven, so I definitely like super duper hate pain. I, I try to avoid it at all costs. Uh, but uh, there's a number on the Enneagram, the, the four, um, and they are, they, it's not that they like pain, but they like pain. Um, <laughs> that, that's a part of who they are. They're, uh, it's, it's interesting because they are, uh, they function. Suzanne Stabile, who who I uh, regard um, so so highly in in the Enneagram, she talks about uh, the four as being the pain bearers uh, in our culture and how they hold pain for us uh, in our culture. Uh, if you if you've seen that movie, um, uh, oh my gosh, what was the movie the the Disney Pixar movie? There's a few. Yeah, well, there's the, a couple of those. The Incredibles yeah. too. No, no, yeah, yeah, that, that's the one that has to do with pain. Um, no, the one about the emotions. What's the... Coco? No, that was an emotional movie, but the, the, <laughs> the one about the emotions, Inside Out. Have you seen Inside Out? I don't think so. You've never seen Inside Out? The no. one about the emotions in the little girl's head? No. Oh, my gosh. I've okay. seen Cars. I've seen all oh the Cars. Oh, my gosh, Brian. <laughs> You've really never seen Inside Out? I haven't. 
Okay. All right. I've heard so of this it. is this is y'all's homework this weekend. You have to go see Inside Out. Just go rent <laughs> is it. it. Still, it's still the no, I meant like rent <laughs> it on the on the Apple, on the on the thing that you rent the movie from, whatever that is. Okay. So Inside Out. What I feel like I can't even talk about it now because I'm scared I'm going to ruin it for you. There's a character on Inside Out, yeah. uh, and she represents sadness. She's the emotion of sadness or or or. or or pain. She's totally a number four on the Enneagram. Okay. And, and through the movie, she is the one who holds pain for the rest of the character. She's the pain bearer. Uh, and, and I'm not gonna ruin the movie for you, but, but as you go through the movie, you realize the importance of, of holding pain and not just getting rid of it, not just pushing it away. Um, yeah, I can't believe you've not seen inside out. I'll, uh, I'll head down to our local blockbuster. That's right. That's right. Isn't there like one blockbuster left in the I world? I think so. It's like in Alaska or something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. So so watch the movie. Uh, it's an amazing movie. Uh, and uh, I think that movie gets at, at the importance and the and the correct role of sadness or pain uh, and, and how important it is. Um, but, you know, part of what I've been thinking about too is, is this idea of... Um, not getting over pain, but getting through pain. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times when people are sad or they're in a, and, and, and really on this episode, we're talking a lot, we're talking about emotional pain we're, or spiritual pain. We're not necessarily talking about you broke your leg. Um, but a lot of times when we talk about emotional pain, there, there's a whole kind of part of our society that will say, well, you, you know, you're gonna have to get over that. Um, I, I'm just not a fan of this idea of getting over pain. Uh, but, but getting through it because pain has, uh, lessons to teach us. Sure. Uh, pain has something to tell us about ourselves, about our culture, about our lives. Um, and if we try to get over it, then I'm afraid we won't learn those lessons, but if we can work our way through pain, uh, and, and to, and, and to learn the lessons that pain has to teach us, um, we come out on the other side, a, a very different person. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think it's so, um, I think physical pain still plays a role in this conversation in the sense that, um, and this comes from, uh, actually I'm going to recommend two books later, but th- this idea comes from one of those books, but, um, pain is a, a trigger for us, um, to look at things differently or to do something differently or to take mm-hmm. a new action and not in the sense to avoid pain, but to respond to it. Yeah. Um, to live our lives in a new way because there, there is, um, there is, I, I think in our culture and our society, there is this thing where we continue to do the same thing yeah. and inflict the same pain upon ourselves, whether it's physical. Um, and we could talk about cutting, right. um, absolutely. which is again, not, not about avoiding pain. Yeah. Um, but it's an expression of pain for, yeah. for folks who, um, have been unable to either like unable to express the pain or um, for whatever reason, they're not It becomes allowed. a physical manifestation of that pain. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's good. Um, but it's a trigger for us. So like, put my hand on the hot stove. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get burned, but I'm going to learn not to do that again so um, so I can fully, um, kind of fully be alive, fully experience in that case, right? Like be able to touch something else and feel 
what that thing is, you know, feel the softness of felt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, yeah. So if we, if we learn the lessons that pain teaches us, then we have, uh, then, then we reach new levels of consciousness, right? New yeah. levels of understanding and, and ways to go about our, our lives. And this cer- certainly isn't, um, we're certainly not uh, going to spin off into a conversation of abuse and that sort of thing, but yeah. there's another place where like physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain are all so closely tied and interwoven mm. together yeah. um, that it's uh, sometimes pain is, is um, both positive and negative, such a driving force for how, how we live, but it does have a purpose and it, it should trigger us to, um, to respond differently, um, to look differently. Um, I love what you're getting at uh, there about the difference of, um, you know, getting over pain um, right. and getting through it. Um, my, I think my, my natural go-to mode is neither of those. Mm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I think my natural uh, go-to mode is, uh, I just leave the pain over there. Pain and, avoidance. Uh, and avoid it altogether. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, um, you know, I think that's what we all would rather do. Right. And, and, uh, I, I liked how you were talking about, uh, uh, physical pain. Yeah. I, I, what I meant was not talking about like if you break your leg, but man, I, when I think back to, uh, some of the most emotionally painful times in my life, and I can, I can point to, um, uh, four different times in my life where I've had extreme, extreme emotional pain because of, Mm -hmm. because of things that have happened in my life. And I, I can remember each time about how, um, how real the physical pain was from that emotional pain. Oh, interesting. Uh, about how my body, I, I, I can remember almost like my, my stomach lurching um, during those times of intense emotional pain and how it manifested itself through deep, deep, deep physical pain. So we're, I mean, mm-hmm. we're holistic beings. For sure. uh, emotion will affect will affect physical. Phys- physical will always affect emotional. I mean, we're holistic in, in, in that sense for sure. I always hate the phrase when people say, "To be brutally honest," yeah. or if I'm going to be <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, because I always lie normally. Right, um, that's right. <laughs> but it's really I I say that, and it's more about um, if I'm honest with myself. Right. Um, I think throughout my life, the way I have avoided pain is actually. Um, avoided close relationships. Oh, that's good. I think I think that's um, that was the key. And you know, we could go through a little counseling session, go all the way back to my childhood, and um, frequently moving uh, with my parents being pastors yeah. and never actually having the opportunity to yeah. to develop deep relationships. Um, and then uh, you know, giving into some of those, and then losing them, and having that loss. And um, I think it just as a response naturally kind of like avoided developing deep relationships with folks, which gave me the, like gave me the, the power or the freedom or the ability to not get hurt by other people. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 right? you built a self-preservation <laughs> like, mechanism, right? <laughs> if I don't, if I don't offer, uh, if I'm not vulnerable with you, I don't offer like who I am to you. Um, then you certainly, you can't insult me. Right. Or you can't, you know, you can't disappoint me. Yeah. Um, and I don't suggest that's good. <laughs> I've learned to, to deal with it, you know, like to respond to it and, and live differently, live more holistically and, and 
embrace pain in new ways. But, um, yeah, I think that's my natural inclination, you know? Yeah. And how many people live their whole life, you know, for whatever reason or another, it may have been that they were hurt young and they built that self-preservation mechanism or like yourself, it wasn't necessarily that you were hurt, but, but your situation in life and your parents' vocation moved you around a lot. So it wasn't that you had this immense pain all at once, but you saw how, how is like you, the scab kept getting ripped off. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, how many people, uh, have that mechanism in place in their life and they don't even know it. That's what, that's what scares me. Um, it's interesting you bring that up because um, you, you know, I like to, to read studies, and there's this uh, really, really good study uh, done by Harvard. Um, uh, it was called the study, Harvard Study of Adult Development. And uh, they studied people in their 80s, um, so they have already seen the vast majority of their life. And they, they just talked to them about, um, they studied how they have developed as people, uh, and especially focusing on uh, asking the question, what helped them live a good life? Or what were the factors that helped them have a good life? And what were the factors that detracted from their life? And one part of the study, they got into um, this idea of emotional pain. And especially emotional pain that comes from relationships. So exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they came through with this overwhelming uh, result that said emotional pain that results from the lack of relationship leads to enhanced exper- uh, leads to enhanced experience of physical pain later in life. Pe- people who were happiest uh, in their 80s reported that even when they had physical pain, it didn't necessarily detract from how happy they were. Lonelier people in their 80s, 80s felt a magnified sense of physical pain. Just connecting that 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 emotional yeah. and 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 physical, and how um, how you know it's almost like a muscle. I mean, I when I think about pain, I think about working out. You know, talking about physical <laughs> pain, right? And and it sucks to have not worked out or not played racquetball for a long time, and then I go and then I just hurt. Yeah, uh, that's right. My son had uh, flag football practice yesterday. And so I get out there with the kids, and he's never played flag football before, and so he's excited. We're having fun. I get out there with the kids, and man, I'm just I'm I'm just hurling the football, man. I, I feel like I feel like a freaking pro out there. Uh, until about two hours later, when I got back to my house and I couldn't move my arm, right? <laughs> but you know, but emotional pain uh, kind of does sort of the same thing as yeah. physical pain. Yeah right? It grows a muscle. It, it, it taps into areas in our life that maybe have been inactive, uh, and lethargic, uh, even, uh, and, and, and it shows us, it, it's an indicator that, Hey, you know what? You haven't, you haven't worked that muscle, mm-hmm. uh, in a while. Mm-hmm. And although there's pain, uh, it indicates, Hey, you need to pay more attention to this. And also every time you work that muscle, it's getting stronger and it's getting better and it's getting, it's becoming more defined. How have you seen that in your life? To kind of piggyback on the exercise, um, analogy. I really, I really do. I I try to work out three, four times every week. Mm -hmm. Um, since our, our little one was born, uh, that has not been as easy to do. Yeah. So (laughs) you think, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm sitting here right now because I got in twice this week 
and my entire like core of my body um, currently just hurts. Mm-hmm. And it's so much the same with um, and some people may say there's a different. I, th- I think emotional, spiritual pain are are one and the same. Sure. Um, to some extent, I think they're really um, really close. And uh, I think we're all spiritual folks. I don't. That's right. Regardless of faith or background or denomination yep. or religion or whatever. Um, I think emotional, spiritual pain is, is quite similar that when, when we don't use it regularly, when we don't, um, deal with pain or respond with pain or, um, not respond with pain, but respond to the pain that, that we're feeling. That's right. Um, that when we finally are forced to deal with it, it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, it's, it's exhausting. It, for me, take me out the whole next day. Mm-hmm. Um, just no matter how much I sleep, I'm just empty, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think it's, for me, it's, it's so much the same as like physical, um, working out because it's, it's not, um, it's not a natural thing, uh, mm-hmm. for Bryant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to really dive deep into emotions and, um, you know, it's, I have emotions. I experience them, you know, all that sort of stuff. But right. um, sometimes it's it just as more intentional work um, to actually like respond to the joy or respond to the love or respond mm-hmm. to the caring or respond to the um, frustration or the disappointment or, mm-hmm. um, you know, feeling depressed or whatever. Um, right. It just takes more energy. Um, and if I, if, if I don't uh, just kind of manage that on a regular basis, yeah, it's exhausting. Well, yeah, it's exhausting because you, you've you've not practiced, you've not worked the muscle, and it tends to have a cumulative effect, right? It builds yeah. up, yeah, 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 uh, and gets worse and worse. So, uh, if you're listening to the podcast right now, through the magic of editing, uh, you have just missed uh, Bryant's little boy uh, <laughs> crying out. Uh, and, uh, so we, we took a, a pause and Bryant went and, uh, took care of the little dude, but it, it totally illustrates the point when baby, so your, your, your son's four months old, right? Yeah. 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 So when babies are in pain, they can't hide it, right? <laughs> they, they have no faculties through which to hide their pain. Right. Now it yeah. could be pain of a, of a, I'm sure they're not having existential pain, right? But it could be that their stomach hurts or, or, you know, they're hungry or whatever. But when babies are in pain, they can't hide it. They cry out. And what do we as parents do? We go and, and we help, we try to figure out what the pain is, help yeah. them deal yeah. with the pain and move through it. Yeah. We as adults have become much more adept at hiding that pain and repressing it and never actually dealing with with the cause or the source of that pain. Um, and man, talking about learning a lesson from a, a baby, right? That's right. When we feel pain, it should be an indicator. Um, pain works as a disruptor in our life. Uh, now, I, I do think it's important. You're talking about abuse and abusive relationships and things like that. I do think it's important to, to just be very clear. Uh, if, if your pain is coming from an abusive relationship, if it's coming through physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual yeah. abuse, anything like that, there there is no place for that um, in terms of uh, accepting that and and being submissive to that. If that's happening, uh, that is something that uh, professional help needs to be sought out. 
uh, and and to, to move away from that pain. That's not the pain we're talking about. Yeah. Um, that that is that is violence, and and that is that has no place. Um, but the 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 normal pain that comes from uh, loss in relationships, um, through death, uh, through through transitions uh, in our life. That's the kind of pain that we're talking about, and that sort of pain has a way of disrupting our lives. And, and, and if, we, if we handle it correctly, if we pay attention to it and let it speak to us, it has a way of recalibrating our lives. Uh, it causes us to stop. Again, if we're, if we're in tune to it, it causes us to stop, uh, recalibrate, and, and, and really look at our, our life from a different angle. Um, and, and, and in that regard, it has incredible value. Yeah, I love that so much because the, the thought, I think for a lot of folks, is that, um, you know, if I avoid the pain or if, if I don't deal with it, um, then I'll be a stronger person, I'll be a better person, I'll be mm. happier, um, whatever, whatever those things are. And maybe in the moment, that's true. Sure. Um, but I think in the long run, um, it really begins, um, there's a numbness that takes place. Yeah. And that numbness is not, it, it no longer, it's just numbing um, the pain or the hurt that we're feeling. Um, but I think it actually begins to transfer over into the joy and happiness that we might feel as well. Yeah. Um, and really kind of bubbles out. So if, uh, you know, when we're, we're scared of giving into the hurt that we're, um, that we're feeling because we, gosh, this is not a day I want to feel hurt. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever, whatever that thing is. Um, when we don't, I think we're actually beginning to rob ourselves of the joy as well. Um, it's just a, it's a weird balance and weird, uh, that it works that way, but avoiding pain, I think leads us to avoiding joy. Um, just the same. Yeah. Well, and, and, and joy and pain, uh, have a way of speaking to each other and truthfully, uh, it's not that they balance each other out. It's almost like they complete each other. Uh, you can't, you can't fully experience one without having experienced the other, uh, I think. And, and uh, I, I think it just has such an incredible role to play in our lives. I'm, uh, on, on, the, uh, the po- uh, on the blog this week, um, I write about uh, a man named Dr. Paul Brand. And his, he's one of the, or he is, was the uh, foremost leading expert on leprosy. And uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about leprosy, how uh, about the physical pain of leprosy, but how it has incredible, it. Um, uh, has incredible connections to how we think about emotional pain and and how so many of us insulate ourselves from pain and how that is actually what's killing us, um, that we don't feel the pain. So if you want to hear more about that, go check out the uh, the blog this week. Well, I had one other thought. Um, been thinking about this week uh, as it refers to pain. I, and much of our conversation has been about the pain we experience. Yeah. Um, there's also the pain that we inflict. Oh yeah. Um, and that was uh, that's something that's been on my mind as well. Um, there was a moment, and this this is a story actually in, in my blog post. There, there's a, there was a, a very defining moment in my life where I realized the deep pain that I had caused to somebody else, uh, uh-huh. to someone at that time I would have called friend mm-hmm. or, um, he would have called me friend. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, uh, it, 
that was a defining moment when I realized, oh my gosh, mm. like the same pain that others have caused to me, I'm like, I'm, I'm capable of that right. uh, with others. Um, that for me, just that realization, understanding of who I am um, and who I don't want to be. I don't yeah. want to be a, 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 I've experienced hurt, right? Like I don't right. want to be the person that causes that to, um, to other people or inflicts that upon other people. And yet realizing that I have that ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like, and we probably all do and we're probably all really good at it. Yeah, um, I think that's right. That's, that's what's, that's what's so hard is, um, that, um, that we're good at causing hurt to others. I yeah. Mean, um, we've probably all done it, whether it's in a relationship or a marriage or with a friend or a family member. Um, we've probably taken a step to really just like drive the dagger deep um, that's right. with, with something we've said or something we've done. Um, and that's the other side of pain that I think we have to wrestle with yeah. is, um, what's our like inclination or what's the urging that, um, pushes us to hurt other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I think unexamined pain when we when we have had um, pain thrust upon us when we have felt pain and and that pain has gone unexamined and unprocessed and we we tried to get over it instead of get through it. Mm. Um, I think that yeah that yeah, yeah. kind of pain turns into pain that we inflict on others. Um, uh, I, I'm sure you know Ellie Wiesel. Uh, Elie Wiesel, Holocaust survivor. Uh, he was uh, interned at Buchenwald uh, during uh, Nazi Germany occupation. Uh, prolific writer, uh, wrote a, a, a book called Night. If you've never read it, you should. Uh, <laughs> Elie Wiesel uh, taught at Florida State and uh, just a brilliant, brilliant guy. And Elie Wiesel talks about the cycle of the oppressed yeah. and how when one, once a group of people or a person has been oppressed, it is so easy for them to turn into the oppressor because in their mind, they say, I will never be oppressed again. And when, when that becomes their driving force, then they will turn into the oppressor at the drop of a hat. Mm. And I think pain works in the exact same way. Mm. Yeah. When we have been hurt, we can very easily transfer that pain and that hurt into pain that goes out from us uh, onto others so that we will never be hurt again or that we believe we will never be hurt again. Yeah, yeah. And it's, (laughs) that's a lie. (laughs) That's exactly right because it is a part of life and it's a part of a good life. Uh, A good life is not a life that's absent of pain. A good life has pain. All life has pain. A good life has pain. What makes a good life different, I would argue, than a uh, a normal life or a bad life is that we is is that we take pain for what it is and let it teach us something about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, this week, uh, yeah, we posted the question on social media, and a lot of folks uh, made comments um, about pain in their life. Um, you want to uh, kind of jump in. With some of those? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, each week we uh, we we put out one or two questions on social media, uh, just to get you, the listening audience. Uh, we we want your ideas and your questions about this week's topic. So if you're you know if you want to interact with us, we love it. We've been getting lots of great interaction. Uh, you can uh, do that. Uh, you can email us at info 
at thisonegoodlife.com, or you can find us on Facebook currently uh, at This One Good Life. Uh, and we post those each week. You can find us on that Facebook page, and uh, and we love for you to to interact with us, comment on us, uh, comment with us, and uh, hear your <laughs> comment on us. You can comment on us too, uh, but to have those comments and questions featured on the show and. Uh, we had a lot again this week. You know, last week with minimalism, we had a ton of responses. Uh, we had a, a ton of responses again this week and, and some really good ones. Uh, a friend of mine that I've known for forever, uh, uh, Liz, uh, Liz says, I've never been in serious physical pain, but emotional pain, I have that covered. Uh, there was a time in my life, my divorce, that the emotional pain I felt struck me so hard in my chest every morning that I thought I would die. I use that time to build myself up as a person, leave the state, start a new life, and get myself right. My emotional pain led me to my current life. I am happy, loved, wanted, needed, and cherished. I look back on that painful time now as a stepping stone to my life 2.0, as I like to call it. Um, and, and I think the first thing I want to say is for all of those, uh, for all of you who commented uh, this week and, and, and bore your souls like, like Liz uh, does here, uh, thank you for that vulnerability and thank you for sharing that with us. Um, you know, the thing I would say that Liz has done, she just exemplifies exactly what the role of pain is. Uh, it, it allows you to step back um, to look at your life and make some decisions. Uh, she didn't stop and wallow. Uh, she didn't let that divorce define her uh, in, in a negative way. It, it actually prompted her to, like she says, rebuild my life, to build myself up as a person uh, and to change for the better. Uh, and man, I number one, uh, having known Liz pretty much our whole lives, uh, I, I saw that from afar and how she did that. Uh, but, but man, what an incredible story, uh, of, of how pain, uh, can, can help us live an even better life. That's right. And some of the comments, um, folks are so open and, and kind of sharing with us that some of the comments are just it. Um, almost, yeah. almost feel like, uh, you know, we often have some commentary and, and, uh, <laughs> That's right. almost, almost feel like our, uh, our best response is cheering folks on in, in their vulnerability because uh, some mm-hmm. of it is so deep and so, um, I don't know if raw is the right word, but um, so yeah. real, right? So yeah. uh, Craig responded to you, when my brother passed away, it really softened my heart to others. I appreciate the brief moments that I have with people more, whether that moment is 10 minutes or many years. Um, gosh, the the loss of somebody, right? Oh my. Yeah. Uh, the loss of somebody... Um, loss of somebody in my life and another story I shared three stories on my blog uh, is mm-hmm. related to that mm-hmm. man it changes everything um, yeah. grateful for the time the um, the immense depth um, mm-hmm. of uh, appreciation for the life that we get to share together yeah um, for some of us is found before we go through a death of a, a loved one but sure for many of us is found um, just as Craig has mentioned right now we appreciate those moments so much more um, because of that. Sorry, sorry, Craig. Uh, yeah, your your comment was enough, and I still added to it. <laughs> well, no, but 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 you're but you're right. And you know, one thing that I love that Craig didn't say, he didn't say, 
And I appreciate so much. I appreciate those moments so much more because you never know when they're going to die too. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't say that. Yeah. His comment was not based out of fear. No, uh, it's not, not based out of fatality. It's based out of, I have an opportunity to appreciate all these people. It's not, there's no fear in that. And why uh, would you not take advantage? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause a lot of people will, will take that situation and it will be the rest of their life is built on fear. What if I lose this person or yeah. that person? Yeah. But, but I, I so I re- Craig, thank you, man. Thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, Kathleen told us, she said, uh, I'll say this. I think pain definitely shapes you as a person, good or bad. Love that differentiation. <clears throat> I know pain has caused me to make some mistakes, hmm. but those mistakes and that pain has made me who I am. That same pain also makes me never go to bed angry or upset with someone and makes me love fiercely. Oh God, I love that phrase. Love fiercely and show it without question to those I love. Never take someone granted because they could be gone in an instant. Good life, who's to say? But I am most definitely living my life because of and through that pain, and it seems to be pretty great from my humble perspective. Uh, Kathleen, I appreciate that. I I used to be Kathleen's youth minister uh, 15 years ago, and um, I know the pain she's talking about. Uh, And uh, she's an amazing young woman. Not young woman anymore. She's an amazing woman. Uh, that, we can't say that, old woman. I know I can't say old woman. She's younger than me. Uh, but oh my gosh, that the pain caused her to love fiercely. What a beautiful phrase. Yeah, yeah. You know the the next comment uh, was from a nephew of mine, uh, Taylor, uh, and he just briefly said, "Getting sober." Mm. Um, the pain in his life uh, finally caused him to to make a change, um, yeah. a change for something good. It changed his support and love his family in a new way um uh, to love his little girl in a new way um such uh such an honest response there um to be able to say that and say it publicly and i I think for many of us when we name our pain Mm -hmm. it loses its power um Mm. and that's something he has uh, talked about and shared at at different times that if he he can tell somebody uh, about what he's thinking about um, as it relates to being sober or not sober, um, yeah. that it quickly loses its power and he's able to, uh, you know, to overcome that and, and not yeah. give in. Um, and I think in so many ways, um, as soon as we name the pain and, and maybe just say it out loud by yourself yeah. in the mirror, just name it and, and express it, um, begins to lose its power and hold on us. I think the nuance I would give that is, it begins to lose its destructive power. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because pain has a, a a beautiful power too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's good. I must feel like we could write the script for a uh, a little romantic comedy. After <laughs> Maybe this, we uh, should. This episode, Stephen. <laughs> a little, <laughs> little rom com. Little rom com. <laughs> uh, so Dan, also known as Wu Tang Dan, I don't know Dan, but I appreciate Wu Tang Dan. He goes by um, DT as well. Nice, nice. Um, Wu-Tang Dan, or DT, uh, uh, says that um, uh, he, he brought a poem uh, that, that uh, this reminds him of, uh, this whole discussion. It says, sometimes you have to be hurt in order to grow. We must fail in order to know. We must lose in order to gain, because some lessons in life are best learned through pain. Uh, I love that. I don't know where that came from, but I love that. 
Yeah, I, I would not be surprised uh, if he wrote it himself. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, and, and one more, um, and there are a couple other comments. Certainly we can't, uh, can't include them all, but one more. Uh, Alicia said, pain translates over to fear, and that mm. stops you from living forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I, I think we've captured some of that and she, she really has summed it up well. Um, and example, uh, she used, I was, I was doing something, something fun, nice, good, safe, um, whatever that thing is. And in turn, for some reason I get hurt. Um, that pain turns into fear and that stops you from going into the next thing with that fear of getting pained again. Um, mm-hmm. so there, uh, you hold back and not live, um, not live forwardly anyways, um, as God has intended us to. Uh, so she says, lean into it, lean into the pain I like um, that. and allow, allow God uh, to lead us through that. Um, and somehow, <laughs> yeah. somehow we come out stronger. Uh, I love that. I love that, that, that physical image of leaning into the pain, not shirking away from it, not, not, not running or avoiding like you're talking about earlier. Right. But, but leaning into the pain, um, Man, it's beautiful stuff. Well, uh, you know, again, thank you all uh, for just continuing to to jump on the social medias and uh, and uh, the email and uh, interacting with these these questions each week. Please keep that coming because uh, Bright and I have uh, we think we have some some you know thoughtful things to say about these subjects, but you all add such a deep. Uh, nuance and, and addition to anything that we have to say. And so it's so good uh, to have each of you coming on, being vulnerable, sharing your your soul and your ideas and your questions with us. Just keep doing that each week. Uh, like I said, on Facebook at This One Good Life or email us info at thisonegoodlife.com. And finally this week, uh, we will dive into some of mine and Bryant's recommendations for you all. Yeah, this is a time where we share some of the good stuff um, we have discovered and are discovering in our lives um, that hopefully will add beauty and goodness to yours as well. Um, Stephen, uh, what do you have to recommend? What do you have to share? Yeah, so I figured since last week, uh, I recommended like 37 things. Uh, I would just recommend one uh, this week. Uh, Yeah, I kind of went overboard last week uh, in a number of ways. Uh, So this week, I'm going to keep my recommendations down to one. Uh, And, you know, I I keep recommending books because books uh, speak so deeply to me. Uh, And the book that I want to recommend this week is a book called Daring Greatly. Uh, by Brene Brown. If you don't know who Brene Brown is, uh, you can go uh, go on the internet and uh, go to Google, type in Brene Brown TED Talk Vulnerability. Uh, and this was a TED Talk she she did, uh, gosh, probably six years ago uh, at, at a regional event, and it just blew up and went viral. Uh, her primary field of research is vulnerability and uh, in its role in our life. And when I think about pain, um, my, my very next thought goes to vulnerability now because of the work that Brene Brown has done. Um, she's just a brilliant, brilliant woman. This Daring Greatly is one of those books that I will never write the amount of depth, mm. just the depth of research, mm-hmm. uh, and just the pro- every single page in that book uh, feels so profound. I I went through a really pr- uh, major uh, life transition uh, about uh, almost two years ago now, uh, from going to full time ministry out of 
ministry period in, in the local church. And uh, it was a major, major transition. And there I was dealing with a whole lot of identity, uh, crisis, uh, issues, vocational, uh, depression, a lot of stuff. And, and uh, that book, um, Daring Greatly, landed in my lap during a time of immense pain. Mm. Uh, and she, uh, I say she worked me through it cause I feel like she did. I felt like she was sitting beside me, working me through that pain, um, and vulnerability and, and allowing me to be vulnerable, encouraging that vulnerability and help me work through a lot of my own stuff. And so, um, I just recommend that book to so many people. It is beautiful and brilliant and it's not just a book you read and go, that was a good read. It is a toolbox that you will use for the rest of your life. So uh, highly recommending uh, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. How about you, Brian? Yeah, I, I've got a, a book slash organization that I'm going to recommend. And uh, I'm going to start with a little story. Uh, yep. We were talking about exercise earlier, you know. And So just imagine uh, that you're in the gym and um, there's somebody reading a book uh as I often do, um, uh-huh. either on the treadmill or on the elliptical, uh, sort of thing. Um, and, uh, you turn around and this person's walking on the treadmill, just weeping in the mm. middle of the gym, packed out oh, wow. <laughs> and, and can't control himself. Um, and that, you know, that person was me. Uh, wow. And I was reading a book called if you feel too much, um, and written by Jamie Tricowski. Um, he is the founder for To Write Love on Our Arms. Mm-hmm. The book is If You Feel Too Much and then Thoughts on Things Found, Lost, and Hoped For. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the book. The organization is To Write Love on Our Arms. Um, T-W-L-O-H-A um, dot com is, is where you'll find that. Um, it's one that started out, actually. Uh, he met a girl who was uh, cutting in a club one mm. night and, um, had such compassion through the relationship that he developed with her, not a romantic, uh, relationship, but one of care and, and love, um, that he started this organization to bring awareness to suicide and depression, um, things that are often, um, that we often hear about, but we don't often talk about, um, and bringing awareness, uh, to that, um, Probably the best place to follow them is, um, well, they have a blog, but probably the best place is on their Instagram account. Um, but on their blog, there's story after story. Um, but they always have some kind of drive going on on Instagram. And of course, um, you know, you can buy shirts and all that sort of stuff. But that book, if you feel too much, is um, short stories, uh, little experiences, uh, moments of awareness, uh, poetry um, that Jamie has written. And, and put in the bat in, in the book. So I'm standing on the treadmill. I've got, you know, like 30 pages to go in the book. And, uh, it's a couple of poems and, and stuff at the end, but like, just hit me, like just wow. hit me in the gut. And, uh, <laughs> literally I'm like walking on the treadmill and, you know, wiping tears off my face. I don't want to get off the treadmill because somebody might see me crying on the treadmill, you know, wondering what's wrong with that guy's ankles. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm reading on my Kindle, so I'm like on my phone. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm sure people are like, what the heck is going on? That <laughs> is amazing. I was reading a, a, a book. <laughs> so guys, if you ever see Bryant in the gym and he's weeping, just know it's a good book. It's, a it's just a good book. solid book. book. <laughs> Come ask for the recommendation. Once I pull myself together, I'll tell you what it is. 
Uh, it's um, such an amazing organization. I, I, I've had so many uh, uh, women that I've known uh, in life, especially, who have found so much hope and, and power yeah. in that organization. Yeah, yeah. And they have another book that tells a story of um, of the organization, how it got founded. I actually uh, believe there was a, a movie that's being filmed and produced to kind of tell the story. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know how much will be lost in that. Uh, sure. The book is a little more, probably a little more honest. Um, the movie's going to be made to sell tickets. But um, to write Love on Their Arms um, down in Melbourne, Florida, uh, check them out. Super cool. Um, so, Stephen, that does, excuse me, I'm getting all choked up. That just about <laughs> does it uh, for this week's show. Um, gosh, folks, we're so grateful that you chose to join us on this podcast. Yeah, and as we, uh, as we close this week, remember the words of William Yates. Uh, this world is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper. See you next week.